Aren't you thankful today for a God that we don't fully understand? Thank Trevor is. Good. You know, some days you put your head on the pillow and you just, you can't figure it out. But you're glad that you don't have to. That the God that knows best, the God that knows all, is the God that we wait for in hopeful anticipation. I invite you to turn with me today to Luke's Gospel, the third chapter. The next couple of weeks here as we anticipate Christ's coming, we'll be looking in Luke's Gospel. And what happens just before that scene in Bethlehem that we're so familiar with. So today as I read, I invite you once again to stand as we hear the word of the Lord from Luke chapter 3. We're going to start in verse 1 and go through verse 6. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod, tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip, tetrarch of Ituria, and Tronchitis, and Lysanias, tetrarch of Abilene. During the high priesthood of Annas and Sophias, the word of God in Caiaphas, I'm sorry, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled, every mountain and hill be made low, the crooked roads shall become straight, the ways smooth, and all people will see God's salvation. This is the word of the Lord, and we say, thanks be to God. You can be seated. If you've ever read through the Gospels, you, can, you realize how different they can really be. Luke really seems to be caught up on some details in certain things that the other, other writers just didn't really care about as much. But Luke liked the details. Luke was a doctor, and so to doctors, we hope that they care about details, right? There's, there's some little things that we really hope the doctors focus on. Matthew and Mark both reference this passage, but Luke seems to give us almost twice as many verses. And one of the main reasons that Luke does that is to set up the time period. He really wanted us to know when this took place. That's why all those funny names are in there and titles, is because Luke wanted us to know who was in charge. Because if we look back at history, we can at least look at rulers and get a rough estimate of time frame of when we're talking here. So that's really the main reason why Luke wanted us to have all of those details when Mark and Matthew didn't really give us those. And to me, this just serves as a reminder that the disciples were people. As they're writing these books of their accounts, different things were important to them. Some of them cared more about the action. Some cared more about the time. Details were always different. Once we have all that set up, I think Luke is ready for us to hear what happened in that time period. So John, the son of Zechariah, that's an important detail because it reminds us that this is to be the cousin of Jesus once Jesus is born. John took the word of the Lord seriously. Because it, he tells us that, that he went into the countryside around the Jordan and he preached the baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And then we get to this text that he quotes from Isaiah. 
to which we'll really dive into today. The voice of one calling in the wilderness. All throughout Scripture, the wilderness seems to pop back up, right? It just is a reoccurring thing. But we always find God speaking in the wilderness. Sometimes, like Jesus, Jesus very often would go off into the wilderness to hear from God. And there God would speak. But in the Old Testament, multiple times, the people of God, what happened? They were forced into the wilderness, into exile and captivity. But even there, God speaks. So maybe, maybe the wilderness isn't really that bad of a place. If God is speaking, I want to be there. This has essentially been the entire focus of the study that we've been working through on Wednesday nights. And yes, that is a plug. Please join us on Wednesday nights. But that's, ideally, that's really what we've been talking about, is that exile and wilderness, it's not a bad thing. It's part of who we are as the people of God. And when we're there, God seems to do incredible and amazing things. The prophet Isaiah tells us to prepare the way of the Lord, which is ideal in this season of Advent, as we're not just jumping to the birth, but we are doing what they call us to do and preparing the way of the Lord. This seems like a pretty important task. And when I think about preparing the way, my mind automatically goes to parades. Did any of you drive down to Atlanta to watch the Braves championship parade? I don't blame you. (laughs) It's one of those, if you just so happen to be there, that would probably be all right. But to go down into the traffic just for, uh, no. But I did see a video of the Braves parade. And and the person started recording, and, and what happened was, there go two cop cars. And then there goes one cop car. And then there goes three cop cars. And then there went two cop cars. And then another cop car. And I was like, good grief. It's similar when the president tries to go anywhere. You know, maybe back in the day it wasn't quite as intense, but now, I mean, if the president needs to go anywhere, you know, there's, there's two cars, and then another car, and then police cars, and then another car, and there's a whole brigade, then there's the president, and then behind them, and the Braves were the same way, behind them there was more cop cars, just, just to distance them from anybody getting to them. Well, when I was at Trevecca, uh, I think it was my freshman year, we were, my roots and I, it was Friday afternoon, and we were bored, because, uh, you know, in college, you don't do your homework for the weekend on Friday afternoon, you save it till Sunday night, because, you know, Friday afternoon is just for relaxing, so we were sitting around, nothing to do, and one of us found on our phones that President Obama was in Nashville, and so we were like, oh, okay, that might be something to do. Not that it said you could go hear him. It just said he was in Nashville. And so we were like, okay, we've never been close to a president. Let's see how close we can get to the president. You know, just to cross that off the bucket list. So we head out of our dorm room and we go out the back exit of Trevecca. If you've ever been there, there's this trucking company back there and you just kind of sneak out the back road. And we turned right and we went down toward the campgrounds and... We got to that red light right by the campgrounds, and you could either turn, at there you can turn left or right, but you can't go straight. Well, that day we couldn't turn left, because there were tons of police cars not allowing you to turn left. So we thought, okay, 
we, we had no idea where the president was. We were just like, we'll find him. So we were like, okay, well, we can't go that way. So we went right. And then in the fairground lot was literally, it had to have been every police car in the state of Tennessee. Hundreds of police cars all lined up and parked. We were like, all right, this must be pretty serious. So we're like, okay, well, let's go around a block and see. So as we make our way around, every cross street has like 10 police cars not allowing you to go that way. So we worked our way around, worked our way around, worked, and finally we ended up back at Trevecca. And we, we honestly might have been closer in our dorm room to him than, than we were when we got out and tried to find him. So ultimately, we don't know how close we've ever been to a president because there was, I mean, we didn't even know which building he, he was in. You know, there's so many buildings per block in Nashville. It was just, we have no idea where he was. But my get, best guess, we were three quarters to a mile within being near the president. And, you know, I, we got back and it was just like, man, talk about preparing the way. And then I thought about it. Well, it's no wonder it's been quite a while since we've had a president get assassinated. Because for all those cops that we saw, there was probably twice as many that we couldn't see, if you know what I mean. Hiding somewhere, you know, they were probably watching us, wondering, why is this car circling? What are they up to? Was that all overkill? Possibly. But did they effectively prepare the way? Well, all the Braves are safe. We haven't had a president get assassinated in quite some time. So I think they accomplished their goals, absolutely. You see, preparation is key for anything to be successful. So how do we Prepare the way of the Lord. Well, Isaiah tells us. Isaiah says, make straight paths for him. Well, if you've ever driven around here, we got a lot of curvy roads. Especially up near the mountains. So we must have a lot of work to do. Every valley shall be filled in. As a church on a hill, that seems like a lot of work for us. Every mountain and hill be made low. Well, now we have to get rid of our hill. The crooked roads become straight and the rough becomes smooth, more straightening things out and smoothing things over. This seems like a lot of work. In church, let me tell you, it is a lot of work. What in the world does all of this mean? What does this have to do with Advent? What does it have to do with the candle of peace? What do all of these things have in common? Windy roads, mountains, and valleys, and rough spots. All of these things put something between two points. When something comes up between two points, it causes division. You know, the trip from here to Nashville, Tennessee, is really not that bad of a trip. Once you get through Chattanooga... If you didn't hit traffic in Atlanta, if you went that way, you just make it through Chattanooga, and then you're good normally. I mean, every once in a while you hit a wreck, but it's really not that bad of a drive. But between Chattanooga and Nashville, there's this big thing that just gets in the way. 
there's this mountain. And you know, we, we, I'm thankful that people have gone before us and prepared the way over the mountain. And just in case you were wondering, the speed limit up that mountain is 55. It's not still 70. It is 55. And then I'm very glad that somebody came before us and prepared a way down the mountain. And on that particular mountain, when you get to the top, that little city up there, the speed limit is still 55, just so you know. And then the whole way down the mountain, those curvy, windy roads, still 55. But it takes so much more time because you go up the mountain, uh, then you have to come down the mountain. uh, And if you've ever been near needing brakes coming down that mountain and your car starts shaking it's miserable but it it just gets in the way if that mountain was not there that trip would be 30 or 40 minutes shorter i guarantee it without it we could get to nashville a lot quicker well let's talk about valleys you know we have a pretty large valley around here we call it lake lanier While it's full of water and can be crossed by aquatic vehicles, and it is so beautiful, most of you have been around here longer than me and know this, that lake gets in the way. (laughs) Some days, when you're running errands around here, it feels like all you did was drive back and forth around the lake, right? The lake divides us, even though it's partially filled in, it's kind of helpful, I mean... We have bridges and things, but, you know, it, there's houses just across the lake here that can almost see our steeple. But for them to get to our church, they've got to go all the way around the lake. It gets in the way. This week, we lit the candle of peace. And we're given this text of John quoting Isaiah. So what happens? What happens when things that distance us and get between us and cause division, what happens when they're removed? Peace breaks out. When the things that divide us are gone, we can live in peace. And when we strive to remove these things in our lives, our community, and our world, we are preparing the way of the Lord. That's it. Matthew 5 has a section of Scripture that we often call the Beatitudes. And one of those verses says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. You know, growing up, it was always, and and you've all experienced this, you walk into an event, in an event as a child, you're going, whether it's a family thing or a church thing or something, and you walk in and you hear somebody say, Oh, the Watts are here, or fill in your last name, right? Well, that was pretty normal, you know, or even after church on Sundays, we think, was so-and-so there? Was this family there? Was that family there? But, you know, as you grow up, it kind of gets weird because you become an adult, and then you begin to grow your own family. And so in my case, I married Brittany, and now when Brittany and I show up to anything... You guys honestly say that the Watts were there, right? But 
for me, it's kind of weird to think that because three of the four members that were the Watts when I was a kid are not at the event. And there's a new member. It's just strange, right? It's true when you guys say that the Watts are here, but it was also true when we were kids that the Watts were there. Does that mean that we're not the the Watt family? No, we are. Are we the same family? Yes, yes we are. When we are peacemakers, we are the children of God. You know what happens when children are present? The family is present. When we talk about the work of making peace, God is present. When we are actively acting as peacemakers in the world, people can honestly say, God is present. Just like you can say, that family is here, even though we're not all there. God is present as we prepare the way for God's coming. Now, when the cops escorted the Braves in the parade, the Braves weren't present in those cop cars. The Braves were back there. And when the president tries to go anywhere, the president's not present in those cars that lead the way. The president is in their own car. But see, church, when we are about making peace in the world... God is already present. God is present in God's children as we anticipate God coming in fullness. And every effort that we make in bringing peace brings God more fully. We've got to tear down the things that divide us and be a part in our community of leveling the rough places and straightening the crooked places because that is not the way of the Lord. Every time we are active in these things, God is a little more present. So I want to challenge you this Advent season to start thinking about this in your own family. Where are the rough places that are hindering peace and cause a delay in preparing the way of the Lord? What relationships need reconciliation before you can help others find peace? Because you see, peace is one of those things you can't really share until we experience it. And so I know for some of us today, you'd love to see peace on earth. But even in your own heart, there is chaos. There feels like a mountain between you and being able to be at peace in life. You know, I, th- I think one of the ways that this practically creeps in to society is through gossip. Gossip is a windy road that slows down the coming of the Lord. Because when, when there is gossip, it makes that road curvy. And it go around here and around here and check for this and check for that. But see, when we are people of truth, 
we more fully prepare the way of the Lord and it makes for less cleanup afterwards. That we can provide peace, not through telling people what they want to hear, but through telling people truth. And in this season, the truth is, is that God is coming and we better be ready. But we can't just sit at home and wait and hope like about last week. We have to be active participants in bringing peace. So I don't know what that looks like in, in your family. I don't know what that looks like in your work. I don't know what that looks like in, in our community, how we can better be participants in bringing peace. But we've got to do it because God told us to. And you know, sometimes people ask, what, why do you think God hasn't come back? And my answer is, is because God told us to do things that we haven't done yet. God said, hey, go prepare the way. And you know what John did? John prepared the way, and what happened? God showed up. And a man named Jesus of Nazareth. And if we took to heart this calling to prepare the way of the Lord, I think God's going to show up. And you know, one more good thing about preparing the way of the Lord is that we are not the Lord in that situation. We are not the Savior. I'm thankful today that I am not the Savior. Because, boy, no one would be safe if I was the Savior. But we prepare the way of the one that is able to save all. And that so desperately wants to bring peace on the earth. This morning, we're going to take communion together. Uh, if you didn't get the elements, would you just raise your hand? Um, we've got a couple over here. Um, but as we do, as we, as we take communion and we, and we think about peace and anticipation, and, and now we're going to do something crazy. We're going to partake in the broken body and shed blood of the Jesus that we're waiting on. It seems so backwards. But this is part of serving a God that's not confounded by time, as we talked about not too, too long ago. Mark, I actually need one of those. <laughs> In the Church of the Nazarene, thank you, we have this open communion, which means that you don't have to be a Nazarene, you don't have to be a member of this church to partake in communion, but rather that that you confess that the God that we are waiting on in Jesus Christ is Lord. And that you believe that he died and rose again to reconcile us to the Father. There's two tabs on these cups. The first tab will, will release the bread and the second will get you to the juice. But before we partake today, I want us to spend a moment in prayer Asking the Holy Spirit to, to seek our hearts for ways in which we need peace in our lives, our homes, our families, our community. You know, there's a song that says, let there be peace on earth and let it start with me. So may that be our prayer today. Father, as we anticipate your coming... You allow us to do that through practices such as communion. 
that remind us that the Lord that we are waiting on will be faithful. God, today may we be people of peace who bring peace into the world in preparation for your coming, that we don't add to the chaos. The world has so much chaos on its own. But would you set us apart and sanctify us as the people of God who bring peace in the world so that we could be different in these days. Seek our hearts, Holy Spirit, for the things that divide us from you, that divide us from our neighbor. And allow us now, as we partake in these elements, that they would be for us your very broken body and shed blood. It's in the precious name of Jesus we pray. Amen. You see, the God that we're waiting on became a man. And he lived a holy and blameless life. And about 33 years into that life, he gathered his followers to partake in the Passover meal together. We now know that that was his last meal before the crucifixion with his disciples. But in that meal, Jesus, our Lord, he took the bread and he held it up and he blessed it and he broke it. And he said, Peacemakers, this is my body which is broken for you. Take it in remembrance of me. And after they had finished the meal, Jesus took the cup and he held it up and he blessed it. And he said, this is my blood of the new covenant which has been shed for you. Take and drink in remembrance of me. So how do we prepare the way of the Lord? We become the very broken body and shed blood of the Lord that we are waiting on. Because our God is here and our God is coming. And the fact that our God is here allows us to be peacemakers in the world. Would you stand this morning and receive this blessing? Now may the God of peace sanctify you through and through so that you can go out in the world to prepare the way of the coming Messiah in fullness as he is coming in fullness. Go in that peace today. Amen.